From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. I love Alaska. I love Alaskans. And that's been the focus of my career for many years. So this is very exciting. That's former Corrections Commissioner Nancy Dahlstrom. Just minutes after Governor Mike Dunleavy announced she would be his running mate in the 2022 election. The announcement was made on Monday. Dahlstrom is also a past Republican member of the Alaska House of Representatives, representing the 18th District. Dahlstrom will take the place of Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer, who declined to run this year. She said that public safety would continue to be a top priority under a Dunleavy-Dahlstrom administration. Public safety is the number one priority, and obviously, as Lieutenant Governor, I'll have other responsibilities, but we will continue to work on public safety. Dahlstrom thanked her former colleagues at the department and wants to look towards working with the Department of Elections, a chief responsibility of the Lieutenant Governor in Alaska. I would just like to, first of all, give a shout out to all the people that I've worked with in corrections. Very awesome department who does a job that is behind the scenes and nobody really sees very much of it, but they are incredible. I can't say enough about the men and women that work in Department of Corrections. As far as elections go, I'm looking forward to getting in and reviewing the processes and meeting the employees in that department and, you know, just taking a look and say, is there anything we can do better? Dunleavy joined Dahlstrom to file for the 2022 election on Monday in Anchorage. Governor Dunleavy has issued Administrative Order 33-5, directing the state to cease certain secretary functions and issue licenses to qualified persons using an accelerated process. The governor's office said the order, directed to the Department of Commerce, will reduce administrative burdens on applicants for professional licenses and address the immediate need for expedited licensure. Governor Dunleavy said the purpose of the administrative order is to immediately address the backlog of Alaskans who are waiting for licensure in order to legally enter the workforce in their chosen field. And so, the order urges state professional licensing boards to implement expedited temporary licensure measures and to identify outdated or ineffective regulations by the end of this summer. Officials at the Glory Hall Homeless Shelter in Juneau are appealing a decision by the city and borough to deny a development permit at the organization's former location downtown. According to a 2021 decision, a building permit for a conversion of the 247 South Franklin Street Emergency Shelter to seven apartments was denied. The apartments would house a maximum of 14 people. The former shelter housed up to 53 people in multiple sleeping spaces. In their appeal, the Glory Hall said the permit should be granted because the new housing actually decreases density. Mary Alice McKean is an attorney representing the shelter. She said questions about whether the old shelter is in an avalanche zone are not related to the appeal. Our only argument on appeal is that this development does not increase density. The question of the um, overall maps and and whether they are valid and whether they should be eliminated is not at issue in this appeal. We are simply arguing that this project does not increase density, and therefore it can go forward. McKean says there's a distinct misunderstanding in how the city is defining its density argument. The misunderstanding that we're arguing is that the project doesn't increase density, because if you just look at structures, 
it goes from one structure to the same structure. We're not increasing the footprint. So if you look at it in terms of physical structures, no increase. If you want to look at it in terms of people who live there, it's a dramatic decrease because there used to be 43 to 53 people live there, and now there's only going to be 7 to 14. Shelter Executive Director Maria Loveschuk says Juno needs affordable housing like this project would provide. There's a housing crisis in Juno, and we need to add more affordable housing. People don't have a place to live, so it's really critical that we develop every possible opportunity that we can into affordable housing. The appeal of the decision is slated for a hearing before the city's Planning and Zoning Commission tonight at 7 p.m. Members of the Juno Community Foundation spoke on Action Line about the $2 million in funding that will be going to a number of local organizations in the city. In April, the foundation had announced that $1.9 million from their Hope Endowment will be going towards supporting nonprofit service providers, providing assistance ranging from homelessness, food insecurity, domestic violence, substance abuse, mental or physical health issues, suicide prevention, and care for senior citizens. The fund also supports adult education, income stability, and hospice. Juno Community Foundation Executive Director Amy Skilbred explained the program while a guest on Action Line. For the past seven years, that grant program and the Juno Community Foundation's Hope Endowment Grant Program have run as one grant program out of the foundation. And over the years, we've been working with most all the social service organizations in town and getting them together at the beginning of each year to identify what the priorities are for funding for social services in our town. The Juno Assembly Finance Committee had moved last week to approve an additional 264000 in funding for the HOPE Endowment, also known as the CBJ Social Service Grant Program. Skillbred reacted to the increase. We're really happy to see the increase. We know it's a difficult time to increase funding that's going to continue over time, but that's exactly what's needed here. Skillbred said the number of organizations they have funded over the last several years range from about 30 to 40, and she said many of those organizations are seeing an increase in costs and clients. We reach out to them to find out what's, what's needed, and their response was between $1.3 and $2 million based on some specific things, but generally on the fact that over the past seven years, costs have increased, including health care, rent, insurance, just everyday things that you purchase as an organization. Wages have had to increase in order to attract and retain employees. And um, of particular importance, the number of clients is increasing for many of these organizations. And all the while, funding sources have been decreasing. Skillbred said the additional funding the Assembly approved will go far. I'd say the increase is um, very critical, and the, um, the the base of what we've been giving out, so between the HOPE and CBJ every year before the increase was about $2 million. So um, this increase will go far in being able to help uh, ameliorate some of the situation. And, um, yeah, the, the need is greater than the funding that was provided, but... Again, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time to provide more than what they did, and we're very thankful for providing what they did. 
Skillbred said their next step will be to meet with the organizations receiving the funding. I think our next step will be to call together the providers of the social service organizations who are all, you know, incredibly hardworking people and on the front line of assisting friends and neighbors in our community. And so we'll call them together and work with them to have them help identify the highest needs for these funds. And that will follow their suggestions. Funding provided by the Hope Endowment are expected to go out sometime between July and August. The city and borough of Sitka will consider a resolution tonight to apply for a grant with the Alaska State Library to develop a statewide plan to uncover and share Alaska Native boarding school, orphanages, and education history. The grant application would total $71,000. In the summer of 2021, the remains of 215 children were found at a residential school in Kamloops, Canada. This prompted a continent-wide effort to repatriate the remains of children and uncover the histories of colonial education policies directed at Indigenous children and families. In Alaska, individuals and tribes are seeking whatever information is available about the dozens of boarding schools, orphanages, and day schools that operated in Alaska as early as 1877. According to city documents, Alaska's libraries, archives, and museums have collections that contain the information they seek. Documents from a Huna City Council meeting earlier this month reportedly show that City Attorney James Sheehan found no wrongdoing on the part of Huna Mayor Gerald Bryars in the hiring and subsequent dismissal of a police officer. The memo, which was obtained by News of the North, alleges an investigation of a personnel matter regarding former Cake VPSO and Yakutat police officer Charles McAnally and his application to work for the Huna Department of Public Safety. The memo from Sheehan states that Briars offered the position in violation of city code, which requires that all job offers for police positions come through the office of Huna Police Chief Eric Hurtado. In that same memo, Sheehan said that while Breyer's actions fall short of a removable offense, he needs additional training. You can read the complete story under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The remains of a man who reportedly jumped into the water near the Skagway cruise dock was recovered by searchers Saturday. Troopers were notified Friday afternoon at about 2.10 p.m. that a person was in the water near the cruise ship dock in Skagway. The person reportedly jumped into the water and then swam to a nearby shore where they spent a few minutes before swimming in the front of the bow of a docked cruise vessel. The individual began to struggle in the area along the bow and then sank in the water, according to the dispatch. On Saturday, a team of Southeast Alaska dogs organized for ground search and divers from Juneau arrived in Skagway to search for the missing individual. Search dogs tracked a human scent while searching the water near where the missing individual was last seen. Divers searched the area in the water near the scent and located the body of the missing individual, William Anthony Rodriguez, 32 years old, of Miami, Florida. Next of kin has been notified. Authorities are conducting a death investigation after a Houston woman went overboard during a cruise. According to Houston ABC affiliate KTRK, Alaska State Troopers identify the woman as 40-year-old Selena Powell Prez. ABC's Shelley Childers reports. 
The Alaska Bureau of Investigation says they are conducting a death investigation, but the body of Selena Palprez is still missing after she fell into the water near Juneau, Alaska. The 40-year-old was aboard the Celebrity Solstice cruise ship touring the coast of Alaska this week. The ship was in the Upper Lynn Canal Tuesday when state troopers say that woman fell overboard around 3 a.m. The U.S. Coast Guard spent more than nine hours searching for her by air and sea, but suspended the search after finding no signs of her. The Coast Guard says the estimated survival time in that water is just over six hours. A TV station in Seattle reports that the ship's security cameras caught the moment that she fell into the water. Passengers on board report the ship came to a complete stop just after she went overboard. That's ABC's Shelley Chadler's reporting. U.S. births bumped up last year, but the number of babies born was still lower than before the coronavirus pandemic. The modest 1% increase was a bit of a rebound from 2020. The first year of the COVID pandemic witnessed the largest one-year drop in births in nearly half a century. Government officials think last year's uptick reflects pregnancies that were postponed during the early days of the pandemic. Deliveries were way down in January last year, but improved as the year went on. But the government report released today shows there were still about 86,000 fewer births last year than in 2019. Pfizer says three small doses of its COVID vaccine protect kids under five. The company released preliminary results yesterday and said it plans to give the data to U.S. regulators later this week. It's the latest step towards letting the littlest kids get the shots. The 18 million kids under five are the only group in the U.S. not yet eligible for COVID vaccination. The Food and Drug Administration has began evaluating data from the rival Moderna. That company hopes to offer two kid-sized shots by the summer. The Food and Drug Administration has sent tentative dates next month for its scientific advisors to publicly debate data from Pfizer and Moderna. Former Alaska legislator Glenn Hackney passed away last week. Hackney moved to the territory of Alaska in 1948 and served in the Alaska House from 1973 to 76 and in the Alaska Senate from 77 to 80. He was known for his dedication to the Fairbanks Community Food Bank and his annual participation in Fairbanks' Spring Cleanup Day. The governor has ordered that Alaska and United States flags fly at half-staff between sunrise and sunset tomorrow in honor of Hackney. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.